Second Peter chapter one, verse number one. We're going to begin with Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have attained the precious faith with us through the righteousness of God our, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. What a powerful set of scriptures. I think this would be our fifth teaching uh, on this set of scriptures. If you have not heard the previous four or five, I'm not sure whether I'm on five or six. I encourage you to go to the website uh, and listen to the audios. Or you can go to YouTube and watch uh, uh, the videos, Sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to touch us uh, here tonight for a few minutes concerning his word father we thank you for your goodness and your love we've come here tonight god because we want to hear from you we want to hear from your word lord only your word can change us only your word can make us into better individuals more christ-like to make us god more like you to walk in an earth that is an untoward generation uh, uh, amongst the people that have forsaken and left god of people that have been taught wrong and led wrong, who are blinded by the lust of this world. Lord, you have put us in this world. You have called us and put us in this world to be that light that shines upon a hill. And I just pray, God, that you would help each and every one of us here tonight, that we would become more like you. That men, as the, as the word says, men may look upon our good works and give glory to the Father that is in heaven because Lord our works come from you our deeds come from you they are blessed because we are blessed by you help us in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray and everybody say amen turn to someone near you and just tell them add to add to Lord bless you and so these uh, these verses are just uh, packed with powerful uh, teachings, powerful encouragements, and instructions to me and to you. And the way Simon Peter ends this these uh, set of verses here, that that if we will give diligence to make our calling and election sure, and that if we will do the things that he mentioned previously in these verses, that we shall never fail. You know, one of the things that should be heavily upon all of our minds is that the word of the Lord tells us in the last days, there shall be a great falling away. 
The falling away is not from the world. It's not from those that did not know God. You can't fall away from something you never partook of. You can't fall away from something you were never a part of. The great falling away is talking about the church, the church itself, being caught up in the things of the world, being uh, being pressured and persuaded uh, by government and society and uh, all the things that are taking place in the world and yielding to the pressures. But I know because the word of the Lord tells me that there will be those who will not bend. There will be those who will not bow. We are in this with all of our heart, all of our mind, and all of our spirit. And nothing's going to take this away from us. But we don't want to just make it to the end. We want to be an impact on the way. Can you say amen? We want to do something. We want to impact this world for the kingdom of God. And in order to do that, we ourselves must live for Him. We must live victorious. We must be overcomers. We cannot straddle the fence and make a difference in other people's lives. We've got to go beyond the borderline. We don't live on the border when it comes to living for God. I want to get as far and deep in Him as I can go. I want to be a as far away from the fence line as I can get. I want to be as close to Him as I possibly can become. I know and believe and am made assured by the Word of God that the closer we get to Him, the more we'll be able to help others that are around us. Can you say amen? And so we've been studying these scriptures because we ourselves certainly want to make it. We do not want to be a part of the great falling away. We want to be a part of those that when Christ returns, that he finds faith still in the earth. Those who are still abiding and living and walking with him. And so we begin to look into these scriptures and uh, we looked at the words where uh, Peter said, and beside this. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, what is he talking about when he says besides this? And we looked and saw that he was talking about how that you and I, when we came into the church, when we were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, baptized in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our sins were remitted according to the word of God, washed away, the Bible says, never to re be remembered against us again through the prophet Isaiah. But besides these things, he has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. Peter went on to say, he has given us the great and precious promises. He said that he has made us partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. And he has caused you and I to escape the corruption that is in the world through the power of the lust of the flesh. These things within themselves are powerful. But Peter is going on. He said, beside these things, besides the wonderful things that God has given me and has given you, Peter went on to say that you and I must give diligence to our walk with God, that we must with zeal pursue our relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Yes, I have been redeemed by the blood. I am not who I used to be. God found me like he found you. I didn't choose him. He chose me. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He took us out of the miry clay and put our feet on the rock to stay. Somebody help the preacher tonight. He brought us out of sin. He brought us out of darkness. We are partakers of the precious promises of God. We have been given everything that we need to exceed gloriously and godly in life. He gave all that to us. But Peter says, even though you have all of that, you must pursue your relationship with Him. There is so much more. There are higher heights. There are deeper depths. There's knowledge that we do not have. There's power we have not obtained. There's godliness and holiness we are not walking in. That if we will pursue Him, He'll take us places we've never dreamed we could go. We'll experience love like we've never experienced peace. Like we've never known. Oh, yes, yes. All of that is in pursuit. Suing Christ with all of our heart. He said, give diligence, pursue. He said, add to your faith virtue. And we learned that that virtue there uh, is to have uh, a boldness, to have a, uh, to have a strength. To, to be willing to proclaim what it is that God has given you. If God has healed you, then, then tell somebody about it. If God has delivered you, tell somebody. Don't let your testimony die. It's one of the beautiful things about I love about Apostle Paul. Read in the book of Acts over and over and over. It didn't matter who he stood before. If he was standing before paupers, he gave his testimony what Christ had done for him. If he was standing before kings, he said, let me tell you what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me. Let me tell you how he redeemed me. Let me tell you how he blessed me. Let me tell you how he blessed my marriage. Let me tell you how he blessed my family. Let me tell you how he blessed my finances. Let me tell you how he lifted me up out of depression. Oh yes, he's a blesser. He's a blesser. He's a blesser. Don't let your testimony die. It's the most powerful thing you have. I've heard people say, I'd witness, but I wouldn't know what to tell. Are you kidding me? All you got to do is tell them what God's done for you. You don't even have to be some scholar of the Word of God because there's something about your testimony. They can take a lot of things from you, but they can never take that from you. It belongs to you. It's in your soul. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. And when you open your mouth, you're not telling somebody else's story. You're telling your story. And there's nothing more passionate, nothing more powerful, nothing more impactful when you're able to express what happened to you. It's powerful. Peter said, when you get in this thing, get bold. Tell people what God did for you. Let them know how glorious it is and how powerful, how life-changing it is. How would they ever know if we don't open up our mouths and tell them? 
He said, if you'll obtain to this, you'll never fail. He went on to say, add to that boldness knowledge. He said, now your testimony is incredible and it will make a difference. But you also, you need to learn. The word of God tells us that we should be ready to give an answer when someone comes up to us and, and they ask us, why do you believe this? Why do you baptize in Jesus' name? Why do you believe there's only one God? Why do you believe we must be separated from the world? Why do you believe baptism? Why do, why do you believe speaking in tongues when you receive the Holy Ghost? Why do you believe these things? And the Bible says that we should be ready to give an answer answer not just any answer but a but a bible-based godly answer add to your knowledge temperance self-control we're going to make it in this thing if we're going to we're going to go forward we have to learn to control ourselves can you say amen and then to self-control or temperance add patience which means to be resolute but yet maintain cheerfulness within your tribulations, within your trials, within your difficulties, uh, walking through your valley. Just be patient. God is with you. He will never leave you. He is always beside you. He will help you. He will get you through if we will just be patient and wait on God. Wait on God. Wait on God. Those that wait upon the Lord, you know what Isaiah says about it. He said, you'll renew your strength. Oh, yeah. You'll mount up with wings of eagles. He said, and you'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and you won't faint. Wait on God. Wait on God. Wait on God. He said, add to your self-control. Add patience. And to your patience, add godliness, a devoteness, a devoutness to God, a worshiper, maintaining your praise and your worship, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, what's coming in your life. So many of you in this place, even here tonight, can give the testimony of the fact that people knew that you were going through certain things, but you held on to your praise. You held on to your worship. When they would see you, they're smiling on your face God is good God is awesome and they would come up to you and they would say how can you how can you maintain that kind of an attitude and how can you uh, maintain that happiness when uh, you know you're about to get fired or you know this is going on and and you can say because God is with me I'm not going to lose my praise I'm not going to lose my worship amen Amen. He said, add, 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 add to your faith, add to your faith. And so finally, we make it to what we want to talk about for just a few minutes here tonight. And he says, add to this godliness, this, the, this devoutness to God, this devotion to God, the godliness. He said, this worship to your Lord. You're devoted. You're strong. Nothing has moved you. Nothing has shaken you. You're a servant to him. You work in his kingdom. You, you teach Bible studies. You're a, a Sunday school teacher, a, a connect group, a, a, a host home or a leader or a teacher. You work in the kingdom. You do things. Peter said, but to your God godliness to your devoutness unto the Lord add brotherly kindness I've said this more than once and I'll say it again and I'll say it again before I'm sure before I resign or retire as pastor in about 110 years by the way if you're thinking that's going to be anytime soon I'm just kidding and he, but we need to, if, if we don't protect one another, who's going to protect us? If we don't love one another, who's going to love us? If we're not for one another, who's going to be for us? 
we're all we have. The church is more than just an assembly of people to come together to worship one God. It's a family. We are a family. I'm telling you right now, and I, nearly everybody that is in this building would, would be the first to say that you are closer to some of your own brothers and sisters than you are to family members. Because what happens is that family members that are not in the church, you lose your conversation with them. They want to talk about worldly things. We want to talk about the goodness of God. They want to talk about the riches of the world. We want to talk about the riches of heaven. Uh, they, they want to talk about what they can gain on the earth. We want to talk about what we can gain in Christ. And our, our conversations don't light up. We don't jive anymore together. And so we make new acquaintances, new friends, and, and uh, uh, new best friends, if, if you please. B-F-F-F-F-F or something, however they say that. My new best friend or something. I don't know. And so he says for us to add to our godliness, brotherly kindness. I want us to look and remember the very first thing that Simon Peter said in these ten verses that I, I read to us. There in verse number one, Simon Peter said, uh, he said, a servant and an apostle to them that obtain like precious faith. Simon, and we taught on this already, but Simon said, I want you to know before I am an apostle, I am a servant. That word servant means to be a slave. It means to be a bond servant. It means to be voluntary uh, in my service. A devoted servant. Peter said, I am devoted to the brethren. I'm devoted to my brothers and sisters in Christ. I am a servant unto them. And I do it willingly and voluntarily. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 27. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered to but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many he says in verse 27 this is what I want you to do just like I am doing we are not here to be served we are here to serve we are not here to be blessed we are here to bless we are not here to be helped we are here to be a help we are not here to be encouraged we are here to be an encouragement and I want to tell you the best place you can be and the best frame of mind that you can get into is not somebody that's receiving but somebody that is giving because friend you'll never get more strength you'll never receive more peace than when you're taken from within yourself what little you've got and give it out to somebody else I understand, I understand, I understand. You may be walking around, you may be thinking, oh, this situation is difficult. I cannot see a way out. How am I going to get through this? But then you run into a brother, you run into a sister, and you see they're down and they're out. There's something about it. When you start thinking about your own situation, and you begin to try to pray for them, encourage them, help them, uplift them all of a sudden you walk away you don't feel down and out anymore you're not downcast anymore why because while you were given God was given while you were serving God was blessing Lord doesn't just ask us to be a servant without giving anything in return he will return 
we're missing a lot of blessings in our life because we are not servants. We don't mind being served, served, but we have a problem being a servant. And then some of us think it's a servant, that we're servants, but really our actions are self-serving. <laughs> All right, I don't want to meddle. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. For brothers, you have been called to liberty, Paul said. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Paul the Apostle is speaking to the church of Galatia. And he says, I know you've been called to liberty. I know you've been set free. But don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh. To be a stumbling block to a brother. We dealt with this a few weeks ago. He said, but by love, learn to serve one another. Learn to prefer one another. Learn to put your brother before you. Look at the situation and ask yourself how can I bless them what can I do to help them and if they have hurt you you got to ask yourself the question what can I do to repay the hurt they've given me in love yeah that went over good can I tell you that the only currency in heaven is love you pay with anything else, you're using the devil's money. Or you're using the world's currency. You pay back with vengeance, that's the world's currency. You pay back with whatever other, other method it may be, that's the world's currency. That's Satan's currency. The only way you can pay back in God's kingdom is in love. Matthew 23 and 10. Neither be you called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your what? Your servant. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? You want to be used by God? You got to learn to serve your brother. It's how it works. It's, you, got, you got to do is read the Bible. You want to be lifted up? You have to abase yourself. You want God to use you? You have to humble yourself. You want to be in the front of the line? You got to get out and go in the back of the line. That's the way it works in the kingdom of God. God's got a way, God has a way of turning things around. You want to be used in God's kingdom? I'm going to tell you how to do it. You start serving the brethren. You start blessing the brethren. You start working in the kingdom of God and preferring your brother and sister and finding ways to bring health to their spirit, health to their mind, health to their soul, and help them live for God and help them walk through their adversity. Help them get through their trouble. Help them get through uh, their difficulties. Uh, you do those things. Uh, God will see it. Uh, and God will bless it. And there's not a devil in hell that can stop it. And they can mock you and make fun of you and belittle you uh, if they want to because of the blessings of God uh, in your life. Uh, but you didn't obtain them uh, in a fleshly way. You got them by being a servant to God's people. Godliness to brotherly kindness. This word 
this word kindness here. Uh, it is a like a, a, a fraternal uh, affection. Uh, the words that Simon is using here is that we are to love one another like we would love a blood brother. Like you would love your own sister and your own brother in your family. Uh, Simon is talking about I, I, I'm, you know Jesus says in John 13 and 34 he said, he said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another by this shall men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another a new commandment I give you what was Jesus talking about? I'll tell you what he was talking about. In the Old Testament, it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Whatever happened to you, you had the right to get it back out of them. If they killed your cow, you got two of their cows. If they stole your oxen, you got four of their oxen. Oh yeah, it was repay, repay, repay. But in the New Testament, God tries to bring what he was uh, attempting to do to the fulfillment. He was trying to teach the Israelites you don't hurt your brother you don't rob from them you don't lie on them you don't cheat them you don't do wrong to them and if you do you go to pay but oh the flesh of humanity it just can't learn and so Jesus said I tell you what I'm going to give you a new commandment if they steal your coat give them your cloak if they slap you on the right cheek give them the other cheek if they lie to you, tell the truth about them. If they hate you, love them. If they persecute you, pray for them. If they come against you, bless them. He said, and when you do this, everybody's going to know you are my disciple. When you respond this way, there's going to be no doubt in their mind. You are a follower of Christ. It doesn't come from your doctrine. It doesn't come from your education. It don't come from your Pentecostal heritage. I don't care if you're ninth generation. Until you love your brother, you are not his. This is how they're going to know you're my disciple. Your love one to another. Not your vengeance. Going home and talking about families. Got your little feelings hurt. You're a baby. Paul said you're still drinking milk. You need to grow up. He said I'm having to teach you when you ought to be teaching others. I'm having to lift you up when you ought to be picking somebody else up. I'm having to encourage you 
when you ought to be encouraging somebody else. You ought to be finding somebody that's been done wrong by a brother or a sister and you've been done wrong. But instead of Molly Crubbin, you go to that other brother, that other sister, and you say, honey, it's going to be okay. Brother, it's going to be all right. Just pray for him. God's got a way of working it out. God's got a way of fixing it. God's got a way of putting it all back together. God can't fix anything because you've got your little stinking hands all up in it. Your feelings. I'm glad I'm not saying what I'm thinking. It irritates God. He's trying to save the world. You're worried about what somebody said about you. He's trying to pull people who are on their deathbed out of an eternal hell. But he can't use you. You're too busy wrapped up in yourself because you stop loving the brethren. You're in love with yourself. My tenure might be shorter than I think. He said, this is how they're going to know you're my disciples. If you have love one to another. Paul said in Thessalonians 3 and 12, he said, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Paul said that the Lord make you to increase in money, in social status, in education. And nothing wrong with any of those things. We should pursue them all. But I want to tell you what the Lord wants to increase you in and increase me in. And that is I love towards one another. I love towards our brothers and our sisters. Paul says in Thessalonians 4, 4 and 9. He says, but as touching, as touching brotherly love, he says, you need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another, and indeed to do it toward all brothers which are in Macedonia. But we, but we beseech you, brothers, that you increase more and more. My Lord, you just said I was taught of God to love my brothers. You, you've recognized that I'm doing it to my brothers in Macedonia. But then Paul says, yeah, but you got to increase. You got to do it more. You got to love them more. You gotta continue. You can't ever, you can't ever stop. You can't ever let up. I am telling you tonight, your salvation depends on it. You cannot be saved and have anger or hatred or malice or anything else against your brother and sister. And that's the Bible. I just hadn't got to it yet. 
1 Peter 1 and 22. Seeing you have purified your souls. Look at this. In obeying the truth. Through the spirit to unfeigned love of the brothers. And see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Seeing that. Uh, purified your souls in obeying the truth. How? Through the Spirit. How? To unfeigned love. Of what? Of the brethren. In what way? Seeing that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. How do I purify my soul? How do I obey truth? By learning to love my brother pure and fervently. Not Passively. Because you're a liar. And I preach this way to you because you're the cream of the crop. And if I can't fix us, Sunday morning crowd don't have a chance. If we don't learn to love one another no matter what happens and no matter what is said and learn to forgive one another and do good to one another, what are we going to do with a bunch of people that show up on Sunday morning? Who live in hell holes all week long. Barely make their way to the house of God. Trying to figure out how to make it. Trying to figure out how to live for God. And they walk into a church full of isms and schisms and divisions. Love must overflow from us. It must be an artesian well that nothing can stop. Nothing can clog up. People doing you wrong can't clog it up. It flows too strong. People lying about you can't stop this flow of love. It's flowing like a mighty river in a raging storm. People lying about you will not stop this flow of love. People cheating on the job. People trying to get your promotion. People doing your own. People talking about your children. People talking about your back cannot stop this art teaching well of love. That's the way it ought to be. That's the only thing that's going to help us. We got to get over ourselves. It's not easy. Pastor's in the same boat, trust me. People hurt pastor too. It's usually the ones you do the best for, you know. Right after you go out of your way and do all kinds of crazy things. and Do your best for them. They don't appreciate it. Stab you right in the back. What are you going to do? You're going to hate them? No. No, 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 no. You ask for wisdom and knowledge. Add. You ask for wisdom and knowledge. And God will give you the ability to understand. And when they walk through that door, you can still hug them. And still love them. And really mean it. The devil has lied to you. You've got all caught up in yourself. 
you think you owe justification, but you don't. Jesus died for the person that hurt you. Oh, I didn't get a lot on that. He died for the person who lied on you. He died for the person that hurt your children. He died for the person that spoke against your marriage and lied on your husband or lied on your spouse. He died for the person that cheated on you on the job. He died for them. And the only thing he cares about is you reaching them with his love. Your justification of what was done wrong to you means nothing to him. Paul the apostle said, I got one glimpse of heaven and everything I suffered upon this earth cannot compare to a glimpse of eternity. What Jesus Christ, you will be justified when you make it to heaven. In the meantime, love one another. Serve one another. Yield to one another. so hard to preach this on a Wednesday night. Obeying the truth. Paul says in Romans 10, 12 and 10, he said, be kindly affectionate. One to another. With brotherly love. He said in honor. Preferring. One another. I'm going to finish up with the book of John. Some scriptures in John. First John. You, you, ought, to, you ought to go read first John. It'll do you some good. It's amazing y'all keep coming back on Wednesday nights. Y'all are so awesome. Uh, of course, there is a few, a few fewer here tonight than it was last time. Chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifested. Everybody say, the children of God. I want you to watch what what John's about to say to me and you. Because he's about to tell you, give you a checklist on whether you're a child of God or a child of the devil. And John ain't writing to sinners. He's writing to the church. These people are Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking, just like me and you. You know how it is. Sometimes you get mad at your little one. You'll say, quit acting like the devil. I said it to my kids all the time. I'm sorry, y'all obviously did not. In this, the children of God are manifest. And 
the children of the devil. So John says, what I'm about to talk to you about manifest both sides. The children of the devil on the left and the children of God on the right. Both come out of the same source. He said, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Other versions put it as in the fact that those that do not love their brother are not of God. And you say, well, I love them, you know, but they, they hurt me. And so I'm going to ostracize them. I'm going to, you know, whatever, etc., etc., etc. No, 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 no. I already read to you tonight. God said you love them fervently. And fervent love is not passive. It's active. You find a way to love them. If they are hurting you, you find a way to love them. Neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. Now watch John. This is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. What is he talking about from the beginning? He tells you right there in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and 12. He said, don't do it like Cain who was of the wicked one who slew his brother and wherefore slew he him because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. And John's not talking about murderers here. Jesus made that plain. He said, if you have hatred in your heart, you are already a murderer. John's just talking about hating your brother. He said, don't be like Cain. You hate your brother, you are a murderer. Because when we hate our brother, we find ways over time to hurt them and we justify what we're doing. And it's not, it's not overnight. If it happens too fast, we'll get convicted. It's a very slow process. And, you, and, and Satan will even lie to you and convince you that it's okay to hurt your brother in order to protect someone else. God don't need you to protect anybody. He's pretty good at it all by himself. And you're certainly not protecting anyone by hating a brother or hating a sister or doing wrong to them because all you're doing is justifying their petty feelings. Now I know you think I'm preaching to you, but I'm not. It's the other guy. He 
He said, this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Don't be like Cain, the wicked one who slew his brother and wherefore slew him because his own works were evil and his brothers were righteous. This is what I have to stop and do. If I've got bitterness in my heart towards my brother, I better do some checking because that word tells me there's a real good chance that the real problem is my works are evil. I'm jealous of their righteousness. I justify my actions and my hatred and my bitterness when all it really is is that my works are evil. Marvel not, he said, my brethren, if the world hate you, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. You want to know how you've been born again? You want to know how you truly have been redeemed? And every one of us know this. We know it 100%. When we came out of that water in the name of Jesus Christ and our sins were remitted and God filled us with the power of the Holy Ghost, we could have went to the worst enemy in our life and we would have got on our hands and knees and, and cried over their feet and we would have prayed for them we lost all hatred for them we lost all desire of revenge only thing we wanted to do was tell them about Jesus Christ and you know I'm telling you the truth and so maybe we need to recheck maybe we need to go back and recheck where we are in our salvation if bitterness has got in our heart if unforgiveness is in our heart if we're still carrying these things around inside of us maybe they're not the problem We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brethren abideth in death. He is writing this to the church. You are abiding in death. What does he mean by that? You are surrounding yourself with feelings and, and spirits and situations and justifications that will eventually kill you. It will take your spirituality from you. It will cause you to have a seared conscience. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I'm going to come to a close. Everybody say amen. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Whosoever hateth his brother. He's talking about two brothers in the church. They got crossed. They got messed up. Now they're angry with one another. Now families are angry with one another. I'm going to tell you who's going to reap this. It's going to be your children. That's right. That's why my wife and I never let this mess in my home. And I'm dealing with teenagers today. That I'm dealing with them because of the unforgiveness of their God, Holy Ghost filled parents. 
who allowed bitterness and hatred and anger and unforgiveness to abide in the home. And if you think your children don't pick up on that, you got another thing coming. They do. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And before you get mad at me, I have done nothing but read scripture to you tonight. I just want you to think about that. And I didn't give my personal interpretation. I think I was just pretty straightforward with the word. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Do you really think that's what you're doing? When someone can hurt you and offend you, you know the Bible tells us that God's kids are not easily offended. Do you really think you're laying your life down for your brother and sister when they can so easily cause you to hate them? How many times have you been in and out of war with them? Lay down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I'm just trying to help you. Whosoever hath this world's good, seeth his brother hath need, and shutteth up his bowels passion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? This church don't have a problem in that area. I'm closing. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. See, a lot of you have convinced yourself, and you'll say, oh, but I do love them. Not till you show it. True love will require, and true love always has a response. Don't love in word, okay? If you love them, that's fine. That's fine. He said, love them indeed. Love them in action. Love them in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemneth not, then we, con then we have confidence towards God. Now I want you to see how he puts all this together. It looks like he changes the subject. But when we get to end of this in a few verses, you're going to find out he has not changed anything. He's basically telling you, if you don't love your brother, you cannot have confidence in your heart that when you pray, God hears you and answers your prayer. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, knoweth all things beloved. If our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And what? It's 
So how do we know that we're going to have our prayers answered? By keeping his, his commandments. And what are the two commandments? Love him and love your brother. What's the greatest commandment, they said? Oh, that's easy. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body. Oh, he said, and by the way, and the second one is, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's all John's saying. These are the two commandments. Everything hinges on it. You hear what I'm telling you? All of the word of God hinges on these two commandments. That you love God. And that you love one another. Every promise, every healing, every deliverance, every provision, all of God's word hinges on these two commands. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, whereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit. Which he hath given us. Boom. This is it. Two verses. I'm done. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And honor the king. That's how Peter. Ends up. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. That pretty much wraps it up. Last verse. It's only got five words. Four. Hebrews 13 and 1. Let's stand. Let brotherly Love. Continue. Now I could preach an hour on that one verse. Let. Everybody say let. You know what that means? Brother Kwashi, that means brotherly love. Starts and stops with you. Let brotherly love continue. That means it's up to me if I'm going to let brotherly love continue. If you offend me, Mario, and sometimes you do, I'm up here preaching, and you will that chair over to that fan and go, scoot it across the floor, make all that crazy noise. I'm trying to reach the world. And I actually have to pray through while I'm preaching. I love that guy. So I have to let brotherly love continue. If you offend me, it's up to me whether brotherly love continue.
I can shut it down right there. Not going to hurt nobody but me, Jeff. Almost called you Jessica, Jocelyn. Not going to hurt nobody but me. I learned a long time ago. It ain't worth carrying feelings. I'd, I'd rather let you have your way. Shower you with love and passion. Tell you how wrong I am. How right you are. Then walk around with feelings. Because then I, I affect my wife. I affect my children. I kick the dog. I don't have a cat because cats are smart. You don't kick cats very much. Cats leave. You kick a dog. Two minutes later, they're right back there licking your heels and thinking you're God. I have never kicked my dog in my life. I have chased my dog. I have thrown plastic bottles at my dogs. But I have never abused my dog. That's for the camera. So I, I don't get uh, humane services come knocking on my door, checking my dogs out. Oh, God. And, you know, you get older, you just don't have the energy. I just don't have the energy. You've heard the old saying, hadn't you? Choose your fights. And after a while, you realize you just can't fight everything. You got to kind of choose your battles on what you think is worth fighting. God's got this thing all worked out for us. He's, he's got this thing all laid out. And the greatest thing that you and I can ever do for ourselves and everyone else is just forgive. You know, unforgiveness is rooted in pride. Because you think you deserve justification. Now how did I start out with this? He said, you know what your problem is? Peter said, you forgot where God brought you from. He said, that's your problem. That's why you hold bitterness, hatred, anger, envy, strife unforgiveness you forgot where God found you and what he took you out of because if you can revisit that every once in a while you would know that there's not a single brother and sister that's in this building right now that doesn't deserve nothing less but your love and if they have problems then they need your prayers not your anger if they have problems, they need your love now more than ever before. Because our goal, Jesse, is to help the brethren. To lift them up. 
You know what you ought to say? I know I got you standing. I'm so sorry. But you know what we, you know what we should say? You know the position that you should be in? You ready for me to blow your mind? You should be saying, Lord, I am so thankful that you let it be me who they offended. Because who knows what would have happened if it would have been someone else. Maybe they would have been lost or maybe they would have become enemies. Lord, you let them offend me because they have a problem. They have something in there that needs to be fixed. And you let them offend me that I could see. And now I can pray and I can fast and I can seek your face and I can love them and I can help them through this, God. The problem is, is most of us, what we do is we retaliate. In some form of fashion. And when we retaliate, we tear down the bridge instead of build a bridge. So now instead of able to be able to reach them and love them, you burn that bridge. And now all you can do is just pray God will send them someone. God, let them offend someone. That's, that's a Christian. Because obviously, Lord, that wasn't me. However, now that I know, God, that I am expressing the ways of the children of the adversary rather than the children of you, I can fix me, too, so that the next time something comes along, I'll be thankful I'm the one that was offended so I can pray for them and love them and do them good and reciprocate in a Christian way. Does any of this make sense to you at all? It makes a lot of sense to me. It makes a lot of sense to me. Reach over, put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder, and uh, let's just pray for one another. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people that are here tonight. God, these brothers and sisters in Christ that love you after working a hard day's work. God, on a Wednesday night, they come to the house of the Lord to hear the word of God. I'm so thankful for them, Lord. I'm thankful for their support and their strength and their energies in the kingdom. But God, it is the gold. It is the gold that you take and you put it in the fire. You don't put hay, wood, and stubble in the fire because it'll burn up and be blown away by the wind. It'll become shaft and be useless. You put gold and silver in the fire and you turn up the heat and you burn out the impurities. And God, we pray for one another right now. We ask you, Lord, that you would touch us, that you would bless us, that you would help us, Lord, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And God, that we would not be so easily offended, that we would love one another, be there for one another, be a strength to one another. And God, if we have been offended and if we have offended others, we ask you to forgive us right now. Lord, if I have been offended, I'm asking you to forgive me. Come on, let's do that as a church. Lord, if I have been offended, I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive me for allowing offense to come into my life. Forgive me, God. Have mercy upon me, Lord. Make me a better Christian than that. Make me stronger than that, God. i got to be stronger. Lord, if I have offended a brother, if I have said something, done something in retaliation, or if I have just offended them, I'm asking you, God, forgive me. Be merciful to me, oh God. Lord, help me love the brethren. 
Help me love the church. Help me love my brothers and sisters, oh God. And to be kind to them and to pray for them and to uplift them, God, and to be there for them, oh Lord. Father, we ask it, we pray it in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do something to this church. Do something to us. Touch us, God. It's never too late. The devil's a liar. It's never too late. It can be healed. It can be fixed. It can be made right. We've got to bring the love of Christ back into the middle of all of us. Oh, God, help us to abide in you. Help the characteristics of Christ to abide in us. Let that mind, which was in Christ, let it also be in us, oh, Lord. Father, I pray it. God, bring us to the place where we can lay our lives down for the brethren, God. Help us, Lord, to do that. Lord, I pray, I ask it in the wonderful, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord, 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 in the name of the Lord. Everybody say amen. Amen, 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 amen. And I'm going to tell you, if we don't get to the place to where we can be offended and we can forgive, None of us are going to make it. Because the Bible says you will be offended. You will be persecuted. They will come against you. They will cheat you, lie you, persecute you. They will do all these things to you and against you. The, the, the uh, happen chance or the chance of you being offended is not, is not if, it is when. It is when. And so we must reach the place. We must reach the place that we do not let things offend us. And we love our brothers and we love our sisters. One more thing. I know I know you're trying to run, trying to run. I want to tell you the best way to do this. The moment you are offended, hug their neck and love them and say, forgive me. I love you. Do it immediately. Do not wait. Do it immediately. Respond immediately. Do not give bitterness time for root. Do not give hurt time to settle in. Do not give your brain time to think. Do not give your flesh time to react. You just hug them. You love them. You grab them. You throw your arms around them and you say, forgive me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I love you. That's how you fix it. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.